As we've studied over the last recent weeks, the first four words in the Bible, in the beginning, God, we have seen how God has revealed himself to us. God has manifested himself. He hasn't hidden. He doesn't exist in some far-off, distant place. But he has revealed himself to us in a multitude of ways and shown to us his nature, those attributes that comprise his person. As we've examined, we've seen that the Bible, the source that we have studied, God has given to us as his self-revelation, his manifestation of himself. And in his word we see him, we also come to know him and to understand him. We also come to know and understand ourselves (laughs) and some things about us and our relationship with God and his relationship with us. We see his person, we see his plan and his purpose, because he has described it to us in his word. And as we examine it and we look at the beauty of our creation that we observe about us, a logical question comes to our minds, who made this? Where did it come from? Why is it here? Where did it come from? Who made it? We find as we go back again to the very first verse in Genesis chapter 1, we discover where it came from. And on the sheet that I printed out for you, if you take a glance at it, you'll see that it states there very clearly, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who made it? It didn't just come from some non-existent source. Well, that's kind of an oxymoron. If you would like the definition of an oxymoron, there is one. It came from a non-existent piece of matter. Well, how can it be non-existent and matter at the same time? It can't. It's either non-existent or it's matter. And it tells us here that God created the heavens and the earth. He didn't need help from some other source other than himself. We find as we read in the book of Psalms that the psalmists frequently mention the fact that God created all things and describes their beauty and their wonder. Where did it come from? Who created it? God did. Then we also have the logical follow-up question. Well, why? (laughs) Okay, God created it, but why? Why did he create things that we see? Why did he create me and cause me to have life? 
God created all things in one simple sentence because he wanted to. He didn't have to. No outside force pushed upon him and coerced him to create. He created of his own will because he wanted to. He decreed it into existence. Now in course of time we will begin to look at Genesis chapter 1 farther than verse number 1 and we will see a repetition of a phrase and God said and God said and God said he decreed it into existence he spoke it into existence as an expression of his will Further, we read in God's word that he spoke it into existence to manifest his glory. To show forth the wonder of himself. Again, scripture describes that for us very clearly. And on the sheet that I provided for you, we read that in Psalm number 19. Verses 1 through 6, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day it pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from his heat. Every nation that has ever existed, every tribe and tongue of peoples that have ever lived upon the face of the earth, knows God. How do they know God? By the wonder of His creation. He has revealed His glory in the sun, in the sky, in the stars, in the animals, in the birds, in the fruit, in the trees, and all of the things that we see about us. Why did He create it? To manifest His glory. He decreed it into existence that he might reveal himself and manifest his glory. Furthermore, he created for his pleasure, for his joy, for his personal satisfaction. Now, the reference that I want to read, I don't have on the sheet for you, but you can jot it down and you can... Look it up later when you get home. But it's found in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 11. It's a scene in heaven where the angels and the heavenly bodies come before God and they bow down and they worship Him. And they sing praises to Him. 
And why do they do that? It tells us in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says this, Worthy are you, O Lord God. Does that phrase sound familiar to you? We often hear it at Christmas time in that wonderful musical production written by Handel. His production called The Messiah. One of the great songs in that musical is Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy. God is worthy. It says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power because. Why? Because you created all things. And by your will they existed and were created. Now you may have a version with you in the scriptures. I see some of you have copies with you. It might say, and for your pleasure, they were and are created. Why did God spin the planets into space? For his pleasure. Why did he create the multitude of varieties of birds that we see just in our own little locality? Let alone all the varieties of the birds throughout all the earth for his pleasure. As a satisfaction to himself. The scriptures reveal to us not only God, but his purposes. And his plans for what he created. He has a plan. We spoke earlier about the disruption in the affairs of life that seemed so uncertain to us. A part of God's purpose. Part of His plan. We sure wish we knew what that plan was, don't we? <laughs> it might help us understand things a little bit better. God hasn't chosen to reveal all that to us. But it fits into His plan in some fashion. And he will bring it to culmination for his pleasure, for his glory, as a satisfaction of his will. Now as we contemplate these, we we wonder, well, does this have any connection to Jesus? Oh yes, it does. We looked in the past at the fact that the word here in Genesis 1 translated in the English God comes from a Hebrew word plural plural in form now it doesn't fully explain to us in Genesis 1 the plurality of that word and its full meaning but as you read through the rest of Genesis chapter 1 you'll notice that it talks about the spirit of God Moved upon the face of the earth. And then when we come to the New Testament in John chapter 1, verse number 1, we see the repetition of the first three words from Genesis 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Who's that Word? Who is that? 
Well, you read on through John chapter 1, and it explains that it's Jesus. Jesus took part in creation centuries before he came by birth through Mary. Creation displays the Lord Jesus. He took part in it. Through Him, by the Spirit, the Father created. The very early hint of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What can we conclude from these simple truths that we've just mentioned? We can conclude that God created all things for His designed purpose, for His pleasure, as an expression of His will. And we somehow fit into that plan and purpose because he has enabled us to have life and we fit into that plan and purpose in some fashion well how then does that correlate to you and me since we fit into it in what way do we fit in we fit in just like those heavenly bodies of which we read in Revelation chapter 4. Because we know God and we have some knowledge of Him, some of us greater knowledge than others, but all of us having some knowledge of God and that He created all things and they exist by His power and for Him and for His pleasure. How should we then respond to this God that we know? Oh, we must respond to Him. We must worship Him. We must honor Him. We must glorify Him and give Him praise because He deserves it. He is worthy. Furthermore, as we read throughout the scriptures, we discover that the Son, the Lord Jesus, that He sent can play a pivotal role in our lives, in our relationship with God. Because left to ourselves, we may have some knowledge of God but we can't have that intimate relationship with him that Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden in Eden because of the havoc that sin has brought upon us. But through faith in Jesus Christ, we can experience reconciliation back to God. We can once again have that intimate relationship with him. We can have our sins forgiven We can know pardon. Well, how does that come about? 
through faith in Jesus Christ. He paid the penalty on the cross for people like you and like me. And that by simple faith in Him, we can be reconciled back to God. We don't need a special saying. We don't need a special mantra. We don't even need a special church. Jesus Christ is enough. Simple faith and trust in Him and Him alone will bring to us the forgiveness that Christ purchased when He died on the cross and when He rose again from the grave. How will you respond to these truths as you think about them and as you contemplate them and as you've heard them today? What thoughts have come through your minds? Has the Spirit of God opened your eyes to see where you have failed to believe God truly, accurately, personally? Has he revealed to you your failure to worship him as he deserves and to give him the honor that he rightly deserves? You can just throw that all out the window if you want and reject it, deny it, turn from it. Or you can accept the work of the Spirit of God in your life and turn from your unbelief and your doubts, your questions, and trust that God who has revealed Himself not only in creation, not only in His Word that we have studied, but in His Son. Scriptures tell us in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1, that God at sundry times and in diverse ways has spoken unto us in the past. But in these latter days He has spoken unto us by His Son. Do you know Him? It's one thing to know about somebody, yet another to know them. I pray that the Spirit of God will take these simple truths that we have examined today. Open your eyes to understand them. The eyes of your understanding, of your mind and of your heart. And to see the wonder and the glory of God and His right to our worship. His worthiness of your worship and of your trust, and of your confidence. And that He will bring about in you faith and trust upon His provision for you, Jesus His Son. Let's close with a word of prayer.